The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Eight. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Jeff Peterson joins us from Heartland Farm Partners. And Jeff, as we look at the markets, no surprise, China is back in the talks once again, as we know that there's some negotiations going on across the river. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's it's important. It, it's good, actually, that those talks are happening. And there's some positives that are really kind of coming out of it, I'd say, is that, you know, Reuters broke a uh, article here Oh, earlier today that was talking about that China is actually coming forward in some areas in the technology transfers and pushing that whole idea further, admitting that there's eh, not necessarily admitting that there's some issues, but they're willing to talk about it in ways that they haven't been. So that's a positive thing. There are some differences still definitely over that intellectual property. And I think one of the biggest sticking points, Susan, is uh, gets back to this idea of enforcement and the fact that uh, if they don't stand up to maybe in China to what they promise, we want to have the ability to come back with tariffs and not be retaliated on. And they haven't uh, they haven't warmed up to that idea yet. And so uh, those negotiations go back and forth. I think the thing that we all want to be prepared for, though, is I still think these negotiations can last much longer than maybe what we realize. We know there's another formal set next week scheduled for China to come back to the U.S., but I wouldn't get my hopes up that that's it. Uh, some of the officials that are involved in negotiations that have spoke on a condition of being anonymous have stated, you know, it could happen here in April, could be May, might be June. So I think there's some time involved in this one yet. Well, you know, and, and the fact that these negotiations, and as, as we talked earlier this week, uh, the big heavy hitters aren't involved. So that's got to mean some good news that there isn't that big pressure looming. It's like, let's just get this done and move forward. Yeah, I think I think so. I think so. So, as we look at uh, other happenings within the grain complex, what do you see as some of the fun positions going on, and how is it going to impact with waiting for planting season to get underway? Well, I think it's a positive. Um, you know, a, a few weeks ago we actually had a record fund short position happening in there on the managed money, and our our current count as of this morning would still have them the fund short about two hundred fifty three thousand contracts uh, between the futures and the option side and about 70,000 contracts short on the bean side. And what's positive about that going into this time of year is it'll make the market extra sensitive to weather delays and to any problems that pop up. So that's not a bad position actually to have them in. However, I do think the market's going to be kind of slow to react to the planning delays because they know at some point we'll get a weather window that happens and we'll get that planted, but we probably won't get all the acres planted. And there'll be much more discussion this year about prevent plant than we've had in the past few years. I think that's going to be the hot topic amongst producers at this point. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, especially here in Nebraska and some of this ground that got flooded, but we're also going to see it in other areas. We're going to see it up in North Dakota, parts of Minnesota, a little bit of areas in South Dakota and back down in Missouri. And, and we could even see some of it popping up in the Delta areas if it continues to stay wet down there also. So we'll keep a close eye on that. Well, Jeff, I know there's been a lot of talking concerns because of the, the floods that we saw and the continue to move to the south that some of these ethanol plants aren't able to receive the corn that they need, nor are they able to get the product out because of delays in transportation. So how is that affecting, or is it even affecting ethanol demand at this point? You know, it is having an impact, and, and you've nailed it on both sides. It's a matter of getting the grain in, but also getting the ethanol out. And, 
And the weekly ethanol production report that came out yesterday actually showed that our production was down about 6.2% versus a year ago. So we're, we're definitely feeling an impact there. We're not able to get the ethanol move. Plants are having to slow up as a result. Year-to-date, where that puts us, is down about 1.5%, and that would be since September. USDA is looking for us to be down about 1%. So as a result of that, I would say as we get out to maybe the April WASDE report, maybe the May, it shouldn't surprise us to have to probably see them lower the ethanol production numbers and ethanol demand uh, over on the corn side probably another time. Looking at exports, how are we doing for corn and soybeans at this point? You know, uh, that had been an area on the corn side that had been really pretty positive, and we'd been rolling along and had some strong numbers. But what's kind of been happening here, if we think back to last year, Last year, South America, this time of the year, was having some weather issues, and we were really gathering and gaining a lot of export demand on the corn side. And so we had some big sales hanging out there last year at this time. And and as a result, when we look at the sales we have on the books, we also look at what's outstanding out there um, to go and also what's been shipped on corn. We're down about 8.1% compared to a year ago. Now, we had been running ahead of pace, but we have slipped here lately. Currently, USDA has corn down about 2.6% is where they think we're at. So if we continue at the pace that we're going right now, what we'd have to do in future reports, we would have to reduce the corn demand on the export side. Now we move over to the soybean side. Um, soybeans, you know, there was a, an announcement today out of China that they, they purchased, uh, looks like anywhere from 55 million bushels to maybe as much as 73.5 million bushels of old crop soybeans. And, and, you know, that's been an item that they've been talking about doing. They've promised to purchase more. We just haven't seen it yet. But even when we take those things into account, we're still down about 17% currently on the export side on the soybeans. And, and that compares to USDA believing we're only going to be down about 11.9%. So the exports are definitely an area that we're going to have to watch. Um, to take a look a little bit deeper, Susan, just to kind of put this in context, these numbers come out of the Census Department, and they would actually take us through June, uh, or actually through January, excuse me. So from September through January, China's sales that we've made to them are down 92%. And as we look at the non-China locations, currently they're up 79%. So we've gained from the, some of the people that we don't normally end up selling to, but because China hasn't been in the mix, it's causing us to go ahead and come up short so far on the exports from soybean side. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell on this Thursday. We're going to take a look at what's happening with the planting. You heard Jeff uh, allude to the Prevent plant. We'll find out more about that with a big report as well coming out tomorrow. Stick around. More is coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Jeff Peterson joins us with Heartland Farm Partners. Prevent plant, we know that many producers are looking at that, Jeff, but how are we seeing corn and soybean planting progress so far as we look to our neighbors to the south and as it moves northward? You know, it's it's getting off to what seems like a slow start. We're definitely hearing some planting happen in some places, and and we haven't had any national numbers come yet, but when we took a peek at just some of the local states, so taking a look at Texas, for for instance, over on the corn side, um, as of this last Monday, they were 38% planted. That compared to about 42% last year, 
and their five-year average would be 31%. Louisiana was getting off to a good start. They were about 50% planted compared to 55% last year. Arkansas was lagging, and it's been wet, and it looks like they've got some continued wetness. They're about 3% planted, and Mississippi's about 18%. So that area is getting off to a decent start. It's it's lagging a little bit in uh, Arkansas. And, and that the other states are okay so far, but we'll have to watch because they've got some wet conditions coming across here. We know locally that we're going to be getting off to a slow start. We know that as we talk to a lot of producers across the Corn Belt, you know, they've got a lot of field work to do. And, and even if the rains didn't happen, you know, the furthest along areas are still probably seven or ten days until they can get in the field. But what do we have in the forecast? We've got additional rains, and, and that's going to slow us up. But I, I do think, and we alluded to this at the beginning a little bit, of how the market was going to look at it. I think the market's going to look at it a little bit slow in regard to making any type of adjustments because it knows, you know what, the American farmers are great and they can get a lot, you know, planted in a hurry. And we, we went back and, and did a little bit of research on this, Susan. We said, okay, you know, what have we seen possible? And and believe it or not, back in 2013, now this took out in the May time frame, so it really... There was a window out there where everybody is ready. 46% of the corn crop was able to be planted in one week. So we can plant a lot in a hurry, and I think the market knows that. And so it's, it's going to be a rather slow to react, I think, to these wet conditions. And that's something producers need to keep in mind because we know they can plant fast. But having that information and then looking out their windows, I'm sure it throws some frustration. Oh, tremendous amount. It does. But don't get frustrated. The market will look at it. There will be opportunities. It's just that we want to be patient here and understand kind of how the the funds and the traders are looking at it. Well, some excitement as we wait for tomorrow's report to come out. We are going to see not only the quarterly stocks, but the first prospective planting of 2019. Any thoughts as to what we're going to see or possibly see tomorrow? Yeah, we had a chance to take a look at, you know, what are some of the traders thinking out there? So we took a look at the average trade guests. On the corn side, about 91.18 million acres. That'd be up about 2 million acres from where we were last year. Would be down just a little bit under a million acres from the USDA's outlook meeting. On the soybean side, the average guess is 86.19 million acres. That would be down about 3 million acres from the final. and But that would be up about 1.2 million acres from USDA's outlook meeting. So as we take a look at those prospective numbers, um, our research would show that, you know, that we probably need about 3 million acres of corn to kind of keep stocks steady. Over on the bean side, though, we, we need to figure out a way to, to plant less beans. You know, the traders are looking for about 3 million less. Our numbers would suggest that we really need to see 6 to 7 million less acres just to keep our stocks steady. And if we want to see some dramatic improvement in prices, then we need to probably see less acres than that. So we're going to have to be watching that prospective planning report real close and also this planning progress as we move into this planning season. You know, before we started the Fontenelle Final Bell, you said we were going to spin and have some some good news uh, factored in there as well. And is there some good, strong opportunities for not only the old crop that survived the flooding and some new crop sales out there? I think there is, and I think what we want to look at, and I hate to see that anybody you know got hurt with the floods, but it is presenting some basis opportunities out there. We're seeing some better basis levels in some areas than what you know we'd probably expect uh, with the size of the crop we had this last year. So I think on the old crop, you know, keep an eye out for those basis opportunities. There's a chance to lock that up, even on some you know bushels you have in a bin, do a basis contract. 
But, Susan, down the road, I, I think as we look at big picture here, we, we are looking for some better prices in corn. Beans is going to be hard, but over on the corn side, we think we'll see some higher prices from here. We think we're going to struggle probably getting all the corn acres planted that's needed, and that's going to give us a chance you know, to sell you know, 10 to 15 cents higher than here, you know, I think is very possible. Could be more if the, the problem's a little bigger than that on the corn side, but the, the hard one is going to be over there on the bean side, though. And what we think, while guys are getting ready to go to the field here, we think they need to spend some time thinking about their marketing plan, thinking about what they're going to do to trigger those sales on the bean side. Because what we're concerned about on the bean side is that we may not get a price that we like to sell, only because there are just so many beans out there. So I think on any little bounce here in this bean market, we got to be ready to sell it both on the old and new crop side. Well, we've covered a lot today. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you to talk a little bit more? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01 for more information. Thanks so much, Jeff. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.